And welcome to the Fanboy Garage. I'm Chris Lasanti, joined by my co-host, Aaron Varola. Hey, what's going on, folks? Welcome to another edition of the Fanboy Garage. We are so happy to have you guys here today, tonight, this morning, whenever you're listening to us. It's episode 70 coming at you. And, uh, yeah, today's an exciting day to be recording. Yeah, it sure is. Awesome dropped. (laughs) Yeah, uh, so we're recording this on Tuesday, November 12th, which I'm sure most of you, or if not all of you know, is the day that Disney Plus has finally debuted. Uh, and it is now you've had a little bit more time to live in this, um, than I have, but in the little bit that I've been able to experience it so far today, I can say that it is magical. Yes, it is. It brings all of that. The, what is it? The magical world of Disney to your television set. Um, I've watched the Mandalorian three times, uh, and I've been digging in through a whole bunch of other, uh, documentaries, shorts, things like that. Um, yeah, it's it's a beast. It is a beast. It is a plethora of content. And um, I mean, it's not perfect, but um, but it's been it's been awesome to uh, to experience it today. And I know it's just going to get better as days go on. So, yeah, um, it I, I don't even I mean, how, how do you or let, let's I don't even know how to break this thing down. Where do you want to start? Because there's so much to talk about. Yeah. Well, I mean, the first thing, let's just get this out of the way, because uh, I see people talking about like the technical stuff. Well, sure. I mean, look, it's day one of a new app. Right. So it amazes me that people still to this day are stunned when a new app like this, especially a big one like this debuts and has issues day one. It happens with all of them. I mean, mm-hmm. people, you know, like it just there. There hasn't been the launch of a new app like th- to this at, with this scope that hasn't had issues um, on the first day. In fact, my first experience was this morning when I woke up. I uh, I immediately went on to like the Verizon site because I wanted to take advantage of the free twelve months mm-hmm. as a Verizon um, Unlimited Mobile customer. And I did that, and then I installed the. So then it prompted me to install the app, like on my phone. And my first experience when I logged in was that it crashed. Mm. It was basically telling me I was offline, and I wasn't. And I was like, "Oh, really?" So then I went into the living room and I installed it on my Roku, and that worked. But like the first thing I clicked on, so they have these. um, For those of you who haven't seen the app yet, um, like they have um, like. I don't even know what you're like shortcuts for lack of a better word for like Star Wars, Marvel, sure. National Geographic, like just to go right to that content. So I click on Star Wars and it's this cool like graphic thing where like it's things like swoosh by and then nothing. <laughs> just like a blank screen. And I'm like, huh? So I, I just flipped through some of the content to see that any of it worked and it did. And then I actually unfortunately had to leave the house which I didn't want to do. Um, but uh, yeah, but then, you know, you hear some of the stories it's like, oh, you know, people, a lot of people are getting like the crashing, the online stuff glitchy. Sure. So far, I mean, I've been watching it now for uh, about two and a half hours uh, as we record this. And um, I haven't experienced any issues yet. Yeah. I mean, it was um, so a couple of things I noticed uh, when I when I got it, no problem kind of getting everything up, up and up and ready to go. Um, try to, try to manipulate my profile. And it was like, unable to, to do that. You know, do you want to retry? I tried that a couple of times and I just kind of gave up. I was like, ah, I'll get to that shit later. No big deal. Um, playback was a bit of an issue. Like I would pause it and then it would like freeze. You know, I have to kind of get out of the app and restart it. Um, a couple of times those, I guess, fast track, uh, property links, those thumbnails disappeared on me. So like there's a Disney one and that like completely <laughs> disappeared. Uh, the star Wars and the Marvel ones were still there in national geographic, whatever. And then I kind of refreshed, uh, and then the, those kind of popped back up. But, um, for the most part, it's been good. There were just, you know, there were a couple of bits where I would like, click a, a thumbnail for a piece of content and it was like i'd get the spinning wheel of death like it just keep on spinning spinning so i'm like maybe they're just their servers are still uploading or this is a really popular title or something right. like that 
Um, but uh, as of this evening, things have been running really, really smooth. In fact, it looks like the app got a refresh. Like there was some new stuff that popped, started to pop sure. up. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, all right. They're really working on it. Um, you know, there's a Disney Plus uh, Twitter handle. Um, they have been communicating with fans. They sent out a message, um, I'd say earlier uh, in the afternoon uh, on Tuesday the 12th saying, hey, you know, uh, demand for the app has been greater than we could we ever expected or could have expected it to be. Um, understand that there are some, you know, some technical issues and we're, we're busy working on that. So, um, yeah, it looks like there, you know, there will continuously be some refreshes and in, in new, um, yes, you know, new things uh, afoot on the app. But I will be. tell you, I'm uh, uh, for all of the content that it has served up. I am yes. very pleased with the interface. Um, I'm very pleased that it's all there. You know what I mean? Um, right. Everything they told you was going to be there is, is actually there. here, which is yeah. So there was like no deception there. Like it really is all this. The amount of content that is here on launch is actually kind of startling. Uh, I'm pretty sure that they created another state for all their server farms. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, it's like the amount of content that's on there is ridiculous. Yeah. It's funny because, you know, <clears throat> we had the list, right? So, I mean, we went through it yeah. on the show a few episodes ago. and But when you see it like on paper, like while it, it sounded amazing, like when you actually see it like in the app and you actually see all the content right there, like on your TV, it, I still wasn't quite prepared like sure. for all of it. I mean like the fact that almost every Spider-Man animated show ever with the exception of like Spectacular Spider-Man which is my favorite Spider-Man mm -hmm. animated show cuz that was a Sony thing. And uh I guess the like the old like the 60s Spider-Man cartoon oh, which I just love. Yeah, which I have anyway. I mean I have both of those series so I can yeah. watch them anytime I want, but um, with the exception of those, everything else is on there. Like the eighties Spider-Man, um, the Spider-Man and his amazing friends, uh, you know, the 90, you know, the nineties Spider-Man animated series, like the, the modern, the more recent ones, you know, like the, um, ultimate Spider-Man and the, the current Marvel Spider-Man, like all of that stuff that's been on like Disney XD and whatever, like that's all on there. Oh man, like all of the shorts, like the Fantastic Four stuff, the X-Men stuff, like just from a superhero perspective, it's amazing. I mean, obviously we knew like the Star Wars stuff was going to be cool, but even when you watch the Star Wars section, like when, uh, not watch, when you go to the Star Wars section, it still is overwhelming. <laughs> it's yeah. like, cause there's so much other stuff, like sure, like you said, shorts and all these other little things on top of like the stuff that we all know that it's just like, oh my God, like this is so comprehensive. Yeah. It's it's interesting because um so uh, as I've talked many times I have a three year old, and um, you know one of her favorite things is watching Mickey. Mickey is like her favorite thing in the world, and and on Netflix there were a couple of shows that she watched frequently, um, and they were like the classic Mickey stuff, you know, like uh, Missy, it was like Mickey takes a trip or like uh, Mickey and the Beanstalk and Mickey and the Giant and whatever like that. And those things like started to disappear on Netflix, which of course caused me a lot of pain because uh, my little little one is screaming, where is Mickey? And I don't have an answer for her. Well, here they are because <laughs> they've popped back up on, on uh, Disney Plus and that's really cool. So she was really excited. Uh, this morning before she went to school to kind of catch her favorite Mickey stuff, which is bananas because yeah. there's – I mean it's literally like the five to ten minute shorts of all of these like Mickey, Goofy, Donald um, <clears throat> classic animated shorts and it's it's amazing to see. I mean Who Framed Roger Rabbit's on there. I was watching a little bit of Willow today. Uh, my daughter wanted to watch – I mean the vault is open. Yes, it is. Old school Disney vault is open. Um and all of those feature films are there. Uh, it looks like they're slowly rolling out some of the newer films. Um, I didn't see I didn't see Jungle Book on there, the new one, the John Favreau Jungle Book or the John Favreau uh, Lion King. Those are the well, yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm assuming that they're, they, they're you know because of existing contracts and stuff. I would yeah. think that for now, they still have to you know give exclusive rights to whoever paid tons of right. money i'm sure for those already but there will be a time um, um <clears throat> where those things will probably jump right to disney plus i would think yeah um 
And the other cool thing about it is there's a whole lot of new content like for the for the obviously the Mandalorian is the is the big one but there's a lot of new content that's been created just for the streaming service right um there's a a new a couple of new Pixar shorts that are there which I which I caught like a couple of those and um and a couple of documentaries and uh these are awesome so the one like I saw one for Marvel which was it was like kind of like what do you do after I forgot what it was called. Actually, it's like uh, rebuilding the universe or something like that's Everything post um, the Infinity War saga that, uh, and it was all of the the comments that were coming out of San Diego Comic Con. So they they released all that footage uh, with with some concept art and things like that for you know some of the Disney Plus uh, shows that'll be rolling out, which was really cool to see. A lot of fun. It was only twelve minutes. But the shit that got me crazy excited, and I'm totally going to geek out about this, is the uh, Imagineer uh, documentary. And uh, it's episodic, and they talk about the um, sort of development of the Disney theme parks and all of the the ideation and the creativity and the engineering and all of that that was thrown into bringing Disneyland, Disney World, and a lot of the other theme parks to life. Uh, it's voiceovered by or narrated by Angela Bassett. And uh, it was a fascinating – it was like an hour, uh, hour and a half documentary series, and it's awesome. So if you're into that shit, that's really – that's something cool to watch. Um, and I haven't gotten to bed knobs and broomsticks yet. <laughs> you do know it is there, though. We've seen it. But I know it's there. Yeah. And I will get there. And but- – yeah. So one thing before we start completely digging deep into this thing and forget to mention, I do want to mention a couple of things just um, as far as like the pricing and everything like that goes, because um, this is something that I think people will the other something else they'll start talking about. Um, so we did mention when they announced it that Verizon was going to have, you know, that deal for what was originally at the time it was supposed to be new and ex- um and existing customers that had Verizon uh, Unlimited Mobile, Fios, or 5G home internet. But it turns out the deal wound up being for new and existing Verizon Unlimited Mobile customers, but only new Fios and 5G home internet customers. Uh, so mm. that was a change, and I'm not sure when that change happened, but because mm. um, uh, someone that I work with actually mentioned Smart. yeah, that they went, to uh, look into the details of it the other day and they were like oh I don't think I qualify like I have Fios already I'm like what are you talking about and then sure enough I looked at like the fine print and they had they I don't know if they changed it but I do know it when they first announced it it was supposed to be for new and existing uh, Um, customers for all three services across the board and now it's just new and existing unlimited mobile customers and then everybody else has to be a new customer in order to get the 12 months free Interesting. Yeah. Um, so I'm a, a FiOS member, a FiOS customer member. Like it's a fucking club. Yeah, Sorry. You're, you're <laughs> a member. You're a client. <laughs> and um, I did get an email from Verizon about it. Yeah. Because you, um, you put your email, you signed up for the email. Yeah. So I don't, yeah. I don't know if, and I didn't read it because to be honest with you, I'm like, yeah, there's something fishy there. I don't know if it's free. So yeah. I don't, I don't, I didn't sign up for it. I probably should have, I would have saved myself yeah. a lot of money. I didn't, eh, whatever. Well, for, so for those of you who, who want to know how it works though, cause so I have Verizon unlimited mobile, so I was able to take advantage of the deal. And basically what you do is you, um, you have to basically add it as a Verizon service. So you go into your Verizon account and you add Disney plus, and so the idea is that you get the first 12 months free and then if you continue on then you'll get 699 charged onto your Verizon bill for Disney Plus going forward mm-hmm. if you keep buying it through Verizon. So that's how that works. Um another thing we learned today was that the way the bundle works. Mm-hmm. So oh, also uh, as far as that deal goes for people who had signed up already for like the one year service or or you got the special promotional rate um you know like some people who had signed up for that like D23 they got like if they 
prepaid for like three years in advance or something like that. They got it for like a really low price, like three or four bucks a month, something like that. <laughs> for those people, if you want to take advantage of the 12 months uh, for free with Verizon, you can if you qualify for it. What they do is they freeze your existing subscription, whatever it was that you had already paid for. And you'll get the free 12 months, and then when that 12 months expires, whatever your promotional rate or your, your deal was will kick in. So that's, so for people who've already pre-ordered Verizon, uh, I'm sorry, Disney Plus, you can still take advantage of the Verizon deal. It just freezes whatever it was that you had pre-ordered or pre-paid for until mm. the 12 months expires, and then that will kick in. So that's one thing. But now we also learned about the bundle, right? The twelve ninety nine bundle that includes um, the ad-supported right. version of Hulu and ESPN+. Plus. How that's going to work, which was a little surprising to me, is that it, it basically, they're going to charge you for all three services, the full price, and then credit you back for the mm. difference. That's probably not the I, best I, I way to handle that. They're not going to be cutting checks for people. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, it's not the best way to handle it, uh, and it, I think it's a, you know, opens up room for disaster if those credits don't actually come through. It's just a lot for people to have to keep track of. I, it, it's amazing to me that um, with all the money Disney has, that they didn't invest in like a portal. Yep. Where you could like log in and just sign up for this bundle package, and and I don't know how they would do it, but. You know, give maybe they would generate like a one-time use like promo code mm -hmm. that you could apply to like those three accounts when you sign up or if you have it already, and like that would give you like the prorated monthly rate that equals out to twelve ninety nine for all three services or whatever. Like that would probably have been a better way to do it. Right. Um, but you know, that's how they did that <clears throat> though. So anyone who is looking to take advantage of that deal, that's how it's going to work from a billing perspective. Yeah, that's not an ideal situation no. at all. And it's funny because that's another thing where I, you know, I sign up for the ad. I, they had free Hulu, uh, which is coming later, right? That whole that I think that that bundle is coming at a later date. This I didn't know the, that if they are gonna are they gonna do a bundle with? I don't. I, I mean, I, I thought I thought they were, but I could I could totally be making that shit up. Yeah. Um, but that's one of those situations where again I'm like, man, do I really want to? go through the hassle i'm glad i didn't because <laughs> uh, that just doesn't sound like i'm going to get any anything out of just you know them saying hey your first six months are going to be free to offset whatever you it was that you paid for both these or three of these services yeah. you know what i mean well what changed for me was the verizon deal because i was going to yeah, go I mean, all in yeah i was going to go all in on the bundle and i was like you know what i guess i'm willing to give up my ad free version of hulu to get the better right. rate and ESPN Plus is like a throw-in for me. Like, I would watch, like, UFC stuff on it if I had it, but it's not something that I really need. Um, but uh, but once they, they announced the free thing with Verizon, I was like, well, for the same price, actually for a dollar less than what I would pay for that bundle, um, I could keep my ad-free version of Hulu and still get Disney Plus. Right. And then I just don't have the ESPN Plus, which, like I said, that was whatever take it or leave it for me so that was the direction i went and i'll worry about the rest 12 months from now uh see where the landscape is at that point mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. but i guess we can dig in now to this whole thing let's well yeah um was there anything you know as you were scrolling through and looking at content anything that you were not happy with i know i mean i again i was missing i know i didn't think anything was necessarily missing i could but Again, I, I knew, I kind of knew exactly what was going to be on it because I had the list. We we went through the list, but mm -hmm. it was, like I said, it was cooler just though seeing it like in front of me with like the thumbnails and stuff made it look, feel more impressive. Um, I, no, so that, and I, I haven't had a chance to go through the entire thing yet. Um, yeah. But, but for me, this app is mostly about Star Wars, Marvel, um, and you know, certain other things, look, I love Pixar, but I'm, I'm not going to fire up those movies very, very often. I love them. You know, I mean, I love them too, but. It's great. I need a box of tissues for most of those yeah. things. Uh, but especially Up. Yeah. The beginning of Up is just a disaster, but it's a yeah. great movie. But, um, but anyway, yeah. So like there's certain things and there are certain things I might 
flip through and say like, oh, you know what? This is some, something I haven't seen in a while or something maybe I've never seen. And this is a great mm-hmm. opportunity to watch it. But for me, it's really about the Star Wars stuff and the Marvel stuff. Yeah. And I will say the opposite, though, did happen. There was something on here that um, I did not realize was going to be on it. And I'm I'm as we record this, I'm sampling it without the sound for now. But <laughs> I did not know that they were going to have every Star Wars movie in 4K. Yeah. Uh, that was a That's complete exciting. surprise to me. And I found it because I was... I noticed this morning when I first fired up the app on the Roku that they had a 4K section. I was like, all right, well, that's cool. And I saw, of course, The Mandalorian was the first thing that they had on there. And I was like, well, I guess I'll be watching The Mandalorian in 4K tonight when I get home. But after I finished watching The Mandalorian in 4K, I flipped through the rest of that like section and, it, and I see like The Force Awakens and I see like Rogue One. I'm like, all right. And then all of a sudden I see A New Hope and I'm like, wait a minute, A New Hope? Mm-hmm. Is that right? I'm like, I know it's the first day and maybe some glitches, but I, sure enough, I click on it and it says, yeah, available in 4K, UHD, you know, HDR 10, whatever. And I'm like, hmm. All right. So I fire it up and sure enough, the damn thing's in 4K. Wow. Uh, and it looks cool. I mean, it's a little weird at first because, you know, there is that bit rate thing. And so certain things look like very smooth and very like crisp and they look like they're moving a little faster. But like overall, it, it looks great, though. So I know now what I will be doing is rewatching, <laughs> which I didn't expect because, I mean, yeah. I have so many different versions of those movies on Blu-ray and everything else that like. I didn't expect that I would spend my weekend rewatching the original trilogy of Star Wars, but mm-hmm. now that it's 4K, yeah, you're damn right. That's going to be my weekend. I'm going to be watching yeah. the original trilogy of Star Wars in 4K. I can't. I can't wait to dig into that. Um, saw a couple of people talking about it on Twitter, and I was like, "Oh, that's cool." Um, so I'm looking. I'm very much looking forward uh, to diving into those. The one thing. Um, not to get off track about Star Wars, but the one piece of content or pieces of content that I noticed was missing. And it's funny, uh, uh, Rick Shu of the Batman on Film podcast, we, we chatted quickly earlier today because we were kind of bickering on Twitter and we just took it to the phone. Um, but uh, the Indiana Jones series is not there. And that is a Lucasfilm property and I was a little shocked that uh, at least I haven't seen it and I don't think it's there. Um, though, so, uh, there might, I guess maybe there's some licensing things with Paramount. I'm not really sure how that's all working out, but, uh, that's, that's missing. But I hope at some point we get that and that those will be converted to 4k. Cause I'm sure that's going to be an amazing experience, but, uh, yeah. Are you, are you looking for it now? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, it's kind of funny, right? Cause I'm, yeah, I didn't even I was, think of that. So I guess that's what you were talking about when you were like, is there anything missing? But now the thing is, though, yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah, Lucasfilm produced those movies. And yeah. they were distributed by Paramount, though. And Disney, Disney bought them. Right. Because like, they were part of the package. Correct. Well, look, I mean, I guess they have to save some stuff, right? I mean, it, I, when I that's mean, the scary that's... thing about this. Is you can't have everything available like day one because you do you don't want people to subscribe for like six months and then say oh I've seen it all I'm good. I mean I know that they're rolling out new content and stuff, but yeah I mean I guess they did they they still are saving certain things. Um, yeah. I don't know I don't know why it's not there. Yeah, isn't that weird. Yeah, but yeah. I'm I'm assuming it will be. At some yeah. point, right? Maybe that'll be a big thing. Maybe that'll be a, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. I hope I hope they uh, maybe make an announcement and say, hey, you know, this is we're bringing the Indiana Jones, um, you know, series to uh, to Disney Plus in 4K, and that gets a lot of people excited. I I don't know, but I'd imagine that would have been a nice little hook, but. Hey, well, I think they have enough I mean, of a hook, but yeah. Red, I mean, Red Tails isn't on there. <laughs> no. <laughs> Craptastic. Yes. Uh, George Lucas film. Um, 
I'm trying to think what else can we talk about regarding uh, Disney Plus. I mean, I'm just well, you know, it's plenty to talk comparison, about. I mean, there's a lot to actually. There is a lot to yeah unpack here. But in comparison to some of the other streaming services uh, that are out there now, now granted, Netflix is is taking you know it's it's the oldest dog in the in the game or in the race. Uh, so they've got a nice library of content, and it looks like they've actually renegotiated quite a lot of. Uh, movies because there's some there's been some refreshing happening uh with netflix in terms of new movies and and more recent films at that um but you know the funny thing is is when you think about the potential for hbo max uh and the folding in of some of its other streaming services like we, we talked a little bit and we've kind of speculated that potentially the dc universe could be folded in um I, I I hope that they're learning from from this outing from Disney, because it's it's a uh, it's smart, and it's uh it's quite a feat to pull off. That I mean, again, we talked earlier. It's the amount of content that is automatically available to everybody. The sort of digging deep into the library of of older, um. You know, films and TV shows that they're kind of pushing back out is yeah. is awesome. It right. really is. No, it is, and and who knows over time, like what they're going to start, like other types, like they have The Simpsons now, right? Mm-hmm. That they paid a lot of money for, but who knows, like over time, how that library will build up in the sense of like what other shows are they going to just? I mean, they have so much money, they could afford to outbid almost everybody, right? Like, what kind of what other shows are they going to add that are not? Disney or you know Disney related shows that they can bring mm-hmm. in from the outside that'll fill this in too. That's the other thing that's going to be yeah. fascinating to me. I mean they have to be a little selective because they're going for a certain target audience, right? But like there's tons of other that that's really I mean it's it's incredible between this and HBO Max um like I'm already figuring out like so like 3 years ago when I got rid of cable this was, you know, where I was hoping to be, but now I'm going to get to another point where it's like by next year when HBO Max is out and the NBC service is out, I'm going to start to get to that point where it's like, well, do I need live television for much? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I don't, I hardly watch live TV and I feel like when I do watch live TV, it's basically reruns of shows that are on streaming services anyway. Or right. I watch like wrestling or, you know, like live sports or whatever, but I'll just figure out ways to get to that. Um, yeah, I don't, it, it's just, there's so much entertainment available. Um, I mean, just that animation section alone. <laughs> I just yeah. like, cause that's my wheelhouse right there. Like seeing those old shows, um, you know, like Spider-Man. I mean, that's my childhood right there. All of that stuff. And like that was a huge thing for me to have that all in one place rather than like, I mean, I had all of that stuff on DVD and Blu-ray and whatever, but to just have it in one place where I could just stream it. Yeah. Like, oh man, like that's like a dream for me. Although I will say it's interesting. Um, the quality though on some of those shows was not, I was not overly impressed. Mm. Like on the Spider-Man, like the 90s animated series right, and Spider-Man right, right. is Amazing Friends and, and the other, the Spider-Man show that from the 80s that ran sort of parallel with Spider-Man and his Amazing Friends. Mm-hmm. I actually had gotten my hands on like these bootleg Blu-rays of mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. Spider-Man 90s animated <laughs> show and Spider-Man right. is Amazing Friends and the quality on those is sick. Like it's like somehow like they made it almost like HD quality. The quality on Disney Plus is actually pales in comparison to those, mm-hmm. which is funny. But still, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, they're they're old shows and they're available on the service. Um, I mean, did you have? I mean, I know you you said you watched The Mandalorian three times. So, um, like, what else? What have you dug into there? Um, uh, so I mentioned I mentioned the Imagineer thing. Yeah. Uh, the Marvel, the Marvel, uh, sort of what's next documentary that's the other thing too those um, marvel shows haven't even started to roll out yeah yet. yeah so that that's gonna be that's gonna be fun that's gonna be really fun and in fact kevin feige was recently quoted i believe it was either on Ver- variety or deadline saying that 
you can't miss if you want to keep up with the this is where it gets crazy <laughs> but if you want to keep up with whatever's happening in the next round of MCU films you're going to have to watch the shows um so that's going to be bananas um and let me see what else uh so was watching sleeping beauty the, i mean all of those old films look great um yeah i'm going to have to fire that i almost just cuz it's just it's such a novelty to have. Like I almost fired up like Aladdin in the, the original animated one in 4k, just because like when I first got Blu-ray, like when HD was a thing first became like a big thing, like animation mm-hmm. was one of the first things I sunk my teeth into because animation in HD just looked amazing. So now I'm, I'm going to start doing that with these 4k titles. I just want to go watch some of that animation in 4k yeah, just to see how cool it looks. Yeah, I mean, uh, every everything looks really, really good. Uh, uh, I, w- I mean, I was digging deep. I saw stuff like the Black Cauldron was oh on my there, god! Like, wow, I haven't seen that movie in forever. Um, the Sword in the Stone, uh, all you know, all of those old school like Disney films, they're all there, man. Um, so there's only so many hours in the day. And uh, I'll probably want to watch The Mandalorian again, to be honest with you, because I'm I'm all over that. It's like looking for Easter eggs, and it's like you know, I'm basically drooling and foaming at the mouth for Rise of Skywalker, and so this is like the next bit of like Star Wars content that I can consume, and I'm like, I need it now. Let me watch it like 50 times so I can become an expert and talk about it all day. Yeah, so why don't we start talking about that? Let's do it. So The Mandalorian, which was the big thing uh, with the launch here. The first Star Wars you know, weekly television show, right? Um, and the first mm-hmm. new story. Right? Yep. Of something that's, you know, at least, you know, other than Rogue One, right? The first something that's just new characters... Uh, you know, a part of the time that we have never really seen, right? Uh, in live action, it's five years after Return of the Jedi, mm-hmm. and uh, so look. So this is the way I look at the Mandalorian. Uh, the first episode, I'm not going to sit there and say that I was completely blown away by it. Mm. Um, I really liked it. I love the fact that it was like barely forty minutes. <laughs> Which completely shocked me. I, I had, actually that kind of that kind of pissed me off. I was expecting it to be an like hour, an hour, like an hour or maybe even a little over. Um, but no, I was like, wow, it's forty minutes. Okay, great. Um, it, it looks fantastic. Uh, it, it just it, it the beginning wasn't great for me. Like I, it just took me a little bit of time, and then but I thought by the end it had completely grabbed me, and I was like, this is a universe I want to live in. I want to see more of this. I need to see more of this character. I need to see more of this world. Um, I'm, I'm going to love this show. I feel it. <laughs> um, yeah, I just... Uh, I mean, we can get into, like, some of the, you know, intricacies of it and whatnot, but, I mean, I know you obviously clearly loved it because you watched it three times. Um, yeah, I mean, so... It's funny. So this was this was part of the conversation I was having with Rick because... Scott Mendelson, um, who is a who's a writer, and he reviewed um, he reviewed the show. Said it just was like off for him. Off. And yeah, it, it just wasn't his thing. And to kind of hmm. quote his okay. headline, um, you know, Disney's The Mandalorian is a mediocre Star Wars story. Ooh, see, I would. Yeah. Now look, I I just said, I mean, I like I said, I wasn't completely blown away by this first episode, although I did like sure. it a lot. But still, like, we haven't seen the story yet. Right. This is the right. first episode of what eight episodes? Right. Yeah, I mean, and, I don't, and it's already been greenlit for a second. Yeah, I mean, it's rough to say the Mandalorian is a mediocre Star Wars story. We haven't really. We're just getting to the story. I yeah. feel like at the end of that episode. And so. It, I mean, I don't, I, I don't agree with his statement at all. And you know, Rick, Rick uh, retweeted his, con- you know, his, uh, his article, and basically said like he doesn't, you know, obviously he's not wrong. It's his opinion. It is what it is. Um, and you know, there was a that Rick acknowledged that there was a slight feeling of off, um, because it's the first live action Star Wars TV show, right? Which is fair. 
Sure. Right? It's it's a completely different medium. Um I don't think that that takes away from the from the show being any less cinematic because believe me like that show could be on the big screen and it would probably play just as well as any other Star Wars film. Yeah, I definitely felt the scope of it was certainly sure. cinematic, yeah. Sure. So, you know, for me, uh, I, the way, you know, the way that um the way I described it to Rick and I'll describe it for you guys is I remember seeing Rogue One for the first time and the first 10 minutes of that film kind of felt off to me. Yeah. Yeah. I and guess, it was I because it was taking me you know out of out of familiar territory, mm-hmm. right? We weren't in the sure. the saga anymore. It yep. was a separate story. First movie without uh, the crawl, the scroll, right, you know, and all that right. stuff. It just and, was like, like boom, here it is. Yep. Um and the the the, cue, the music cue was a little weird. Sure. And I was like, oh, this, and that I was something oh, this... that I that that was something that hit me with this too, like the music in the beginning. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's got like a uh, like a tribal yes vibe to yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, by the way, and I was going to talk about this later, but since you mentioned the music now, Ludwig Gorn- Ludwig Göransson scores the show, uh, who is famous for Academy Award winner um, composer for the Black Panther. Um, and he scored uh, both the Creed films and Venom. So this dude is on his way up, um, and uh, he he does he does great work in my opinion. And I actually really enjoyed uh, the score for for the show. I know uh, our good friend uh, on the wrestling council council and and listener Phil uh, does not like it. <laughs> doesn't like it, the show or the score. No, no, I didn't like the score. He said oh. in parts it felt a little off. But um, and I'll get into that a little bit later. But here here's the thing. The show, because because I had experienced this before with Rogue One, like I was able to kind of get into it a little faster with uh, with the Mandalorian because mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, this feels like it belongs, like it almost like you could attach it to Rogue One a little bit. Like there's that clean feeling. I don't know if that if that makes any sense, but Rogue One looks great, and it certainly is a Star Wars film. But when you stack it right up against a new hope, despite the connective tissue there, it is a fresh looking film. It just looks really clean and it's shot differently. So it, it just has its own, you know, uh, vibe to it. And so I feel like the Mandalorian has the same, the same thing. Once that thing got started, once it kicked off, um, the Mandalorian that is like, I'm like, Whoa, this is going to be a fun, fun ass ride. Like I just love the dynamic of the character um, you know, Pedro Pascal does a great job at voicing him and kind of communicating, uh, you know, the, the vibe of this dude, the, 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 um, the sort of unveiling of the Mandalorian culture as well is, is a lot of fun and sort of diving into a bit more of that mythology right. is sweet. Um, dude, I mean, I got a, I got a laundry list. I don't know how we want to do this, but like, there's so much. Okay, so for the, <laughs> sorry, I'm like all over the place because the show is the show got me so excited. Well, you know what? Let me before you start to get geek you know, out. Into, over yeah, here. geek out your stuff. Let me. I'm just gonna make. I'm gonna make a comparison when I say like how like the beginning of it caught me a little off guard, and and this is probably a comparison that Star Wars fans are not gonna like or want to hear. But when I saw the first episode of Star Trek Discovery on CBS All Access. I kind of had the same feeling like I liked it, but I felt like it was a little like it, it just didn't completely blow me away. Sure. And then I wound up loving that show like more and more as the story developed. Right. Because it was just the first part of a very big story. Right. Right, uh, right, right. That's exactly how I feel like this is going to wind up going for me. Like once I got all of that, like kind of the the newness of it or whatever out of like my system, like as the episode went on and it's only a 40 minute episode. So it didn't take me long, obviously to, you know, to get into the show. But as that, by the end of that episode, I was like, yep, I'm ready. Bring on the next episode. Yeah. You know, and I I will watch it. Yeah. I will watch this. I will watch it again, probably a couple of times. Um, which is what I like about, you know, not having the, like having it be bingeable. Yeah, that, that's like that's like a like a gift and a curse. Yeah, because now it's like while 
my obsession now is for the next week isn't going to be let me see how much how quickly I could finish this show because I don't feel like this is the type of show. And Star Trek Discovery was the same way; it was week to week. It's like I don't want to have to binge this. Like I'm I'm actually happy that I can now sit back and rewatch this episode a few yeah. more times to start to digest everything, and then I feel like it'll be a more rewarding experience for me. Like by well, you the have end. to go back and like rewatch the episode and. Just sit with it for a little bit. Um, yeah, you know, there's a there's a lot of cool stuff that's happening there. There's um, you know, I, I was you know again I went back on Twitter and was talking a little bit about this, but I love the revisiting of certain characters we haven't seen since like A New Hope, right? Um, like um, forgot that the, I'm totally blanking now on the creature's name, but the Snoot Snoot uh, Snoot guy. The guy that played the flute to get the um, right. the speaker on the ice. Sorry, guys. Oh, spoilers! If you haven't seen the show. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, we're gonna do it. As yes. spoilery as it could be for a first episode. That. Oh, it's a uh, Kubaz. That's what it is. That's yeah. the name of the, the creature, but uh, the species. Like we haven't seen that guy since A New Hope. Like that 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 species, and that was fun. That was cool. Um, you know, the practical effects are great. Um, I, I, I threw a question at the John Favreau, not that he's ever going to answer me because who the fuck am I? I'm a nobody, but like, I'm almost convinced he's using stop motion for some of the creatures. Cause there's like this un, sort of unnatural, like look and hop to it. It'd be really cool if he did. I'm not sure if he is. Cause why would you spend hours upon hours of having someone manipulate a clay creature when you can just CGI it? cool but i know he's really into it and i wouldn't be surprised um so john favreau wrote wrote the wrote the show yep um most of the episodes anyway yep dave filoni um directed this first episode yeah so dave Dave filoni famous for clone wars and uh and rebels um so there's a lot of you know there's a lot of good stuff kind of cooking there and you know, you got Carl Weathers, who, and by the way, probably this dude does not age. It's like stepping back into the time. The guy looks great. Uh, but it sets up a really cool story about how you've got a, a bounty hunter, obviously, who is out there just kind of collecting as many bounties as he can. There's, Mandalorians have a reputation of like kind of making short work of, you know, any sort of opposition. Um, he's dark. He's mysterious. All of that good stuff. Um, and I I remember reading something about the the um, the overarching plot of this story, like Mandalorian like meets a child, and we're gonna get to that in a minute. But like I, that was in the back of my head, so I almost knew okay they have to set that stage up first, like in the first episode you kind of kind of set set the table. Um, but it was good to see him like working his way through a bounty, and then you meet IG Eleven. And that's where the shit just goes nuts, like full on Star Wars. I thought it was cool that he met the Ugnaught, which was voiced by Nick Nolte, and he had to learn how to ride that. I don't know what that thing is. Whatever. Uh, But that's, again, going back to what I was saying before about like kind of revisiting some of the species like an Ugnaught. we, We haven't seen that since Empire Strikes Back. Um, And they were the the little guys kind of manning the carbon freezing uh, facility on Cloud City. We don't really see them after that. So it's really cool to have one be brought to life and actually have a character. And he's like, I have spoken. And he kind of like rides off. That's pretty cool. Um, but going back to the whole Mandalorian thing, it's fun to see that he's collecting this stuff from the Empire, like the steel, and he's building his armor. Right. I, I was like that because I've never seen – I don't think – and I don't think they've ever really shown any any of that in any of the other series and cartoon iterations of Star Wars and Mandalorians. But that was – that was awesome. And um, so I'm excited to see how he keeps on going on in his quest. But what really blew my mind – and I'll get to the end of this episode. I know I'm kind of all over the place, but you guys have to <laughs> – Ride with me is when he gets to the final bounty and it's him and IG-11 standing over this pod. Yeah. And they open it up and he's like, it's 50 years old. 
Like, and, you know, IG-11 is like, yeah, some species age differently than yeah, others. Yeah, as soon as he said that, I knew exactly what was going to pop up, too. <clears throat> Dude, you know what I was thinking? I was like, it's going to be a baby Palpatine. <laughs> oh, that would have been... Oh, yeah. like, they're going to just throw... They're going to, like, you know, that blow this whole shit up out of the that water. That would have broke the internet. Um, And in it is, like... Uh, I, and I don't know what Yoda's species is called. Yeah, I don't either. But he was supposed to be the last of his species, right? Which... Obviously, it's Some, not something the like case, that. but yeah. And, uh, yeah. So a baby Yoda-like creature is shown. Green and all. And, like, my mind... And he's cute, too. Or she, My whatever. mind exploded, bro. Like, I literally was like... I, my hand went over my mouth, and I was like, holy shit. Never would have expected to see something like that in a Star Wars show. And it doesn't mean anything yet. <laughs> It doesn't mean shit. And I'm like, God damn, okay, that's another shit. We're going to do this. And then he kills IG-11 to protect the kid, and they do the little finger touch stuff. <laughs> I'm like, oh, right. E.T. fallback, that's pretty cool. So that's the story. The Mandalorian's got is going to protect, he's going to decide to protect, hopefully. We'll see. But obviously that's that's the the direction they're marching. But he's going to be protecting his baby. For what reason, I don't know, is that kid is a little baby. I don't even know if it's a baby. Well, it's, I mean, I don't know what they consider. It's 50. Yeah, <laughs> so I, I don't mean, know if they look at it up. like that, if they consider it by years or um, physical. I don't know how that works there, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. Oh, my. And he's brown robed up and all of that. I'm yeah, like, what, he sure is. Pop up in like brown robes? Like, yeah. what, what, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah. Is it a Yoda clone? I, I, we're going to find out. Know. I mean, that's the thing. We That's the whole point, right? I mean, we're talking oh, about this because that's a part of that story that we, clearly a big part of this story that we don't know yet. And we're going to hopefully find out over the course of the, the next seven episodes anyway. So we have seven episodes, which will take us right smack up until Rise of Skywalker. And yes, one of the things that Rick and I were talking about was there has to be a tie-in. There has to be something in this that... Well, not necessarily. I mean, well, it... No, I mean, it doesn't. Necessarily, because but... it's five years. How far in the uh, f- future was Force Awakens from Return of the Jedi? 30. 30 years? So this is five years. So there's 25 years passes between this series and Force Awakens. Yeah. I don't know how... And, you know, Rise of Skywalker is happening after Force Awakens, obviously. So it's like there's a lot of time there i don't know that they necessarily yeah. can. that well, would almost I'm, be a i would almost be disappointed if it did somehow because one of the things yeah. i like about this show so far or the idea of it anyway is that this is what i was really hoping like those star wars stories were going to be these types of stories smaller stories set in these time periods that we haven't really had a chance to live in much right. where like it's almost like a you have a blank uh, canvas you know where you can just yeah I mean there's still the mythology there yeah to a degree I mean of course you can't just reinvent the wheel because you do have stuff that came after it that you have to fall in line with but you know and as far as an isolated little story here though they can kind of do what they need to do yeah and that's really cool um and it's what I liked about Rebels a lot what I loved about Rebels actually yeah you know was that that same concept and so I'm I'm hoping that they don't. I mean, Rebels did wind up, you know, connecting as it should have. But and these things are always going to connect to something. But I I would love it if they focused less on that, on having to connect them, and more on just telling yeah. cool stories within this amazing universe, right? That that f- is finally going to be expanded upon on screen, whether it's right. the theater or TV screen or whatever, as opposed to in books or, you know, video games or whatever. Like, that's what's really exciting about this. So I hope that's what they focus on. Yeah, I mean, but that makes it sort of challenging, too, because if, if this becomes a Force-sensitive creature or a child, what, whatever it is, and it's 50 years old, it ages differently than everybody else or than other species, and it technically still would be around since 900 years Yoda's been around, right? I'm going to start speaking like Yoda when I said that. Um, so who knows? But I agree with you. I like 
the finite like <clears throat> here's what happened to this dude during this period of time and i like the world building that's kind of being set up here right because you've got the fall of the empire um obviously you know they 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 highlighted it they're mentioning it he didn't want to accept accept imperial credits right right um Stormtroopers look like they're they've had better days. Their yes. Armor well, they have had better days. Messed up. Yeah. And I know, um, because I've read books and all of that stuff, that at this point, the First Order is brewing. Like, the Empire has started to fall apart and has moved out, moved to the outer regions, and is starting to regroup as the First Order. So it's it's really cool for me to kind of know all of that but then to see what's what's still sort of happening on these other these other planets as things are starting to fall apart and or there's like maybe anarchy or the new republic is starting to set set itself up so it's 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 cool to, to think, think about that do i want to see that no right you know i, I want just this long gunslinger type story right you know what i mean it feels a little bit like logan um, which gets me even more excited when I make that comparison. So yeah, because that's the potential here, right? Is it's you know we're gonna get these different kind of vibes, these different types of stories that can right. all still feel very Star Wars and look very Star Wars, but they don't. They you know what I mean? But they can still be their own thing. Yeah. Um, that's cool. And and I mean, look, the Mandalorian. Yeah, it's getting a second season, which is fine, but yeah. it's not gonna be the only Star Wars show. No, uh, as we no, know, for sure. obviously, I, I mean, I mean, the yeah, Obi-Wan thing is going to be, thing. yeah, you know, and I'm hoping that that Obi-Wan show, and I know you're, you know, despite your reservations, I'm, I'm see, you know what, that in this format, yeah. I'm good with it. Right. I'm hoping that that becomes its own thing too, in a way, like give me an, it's a story about, you know, uh, clearly it's about Obi-Wan and we know all about him, but like, give me Obi-Wan in some new setting, some new type of show and that'll I'll be cool with that too. Yeah. 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 And I'm, we're I'm, getting, you know, I'm excited. more clone wars. Yeah. So that's oh, back man, to the familiar, you know, so yeah. like you get a little bit of that. Um, and there and you know the funny thing is they they've only at least from what I saw cuz I clicked I want to see if it was like available just I know it's not it wasn't going to be but they're slowly introducing people to the clone wars cuz they're only making the first 3 seasons available. Right. So again, that's another thing that they're holding. <clears throat> roll. There's back. slow, slow roll. Yes. Slow, slow burn. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a great, it's a great time to be a Star Wars fan. Well, that that Clone Wars show is is dense. Yeah. You know, like yeah. people don't may not realize it. <laughs> there's, there's a, a lot. lot, there's a lot go- that you want. Yeah, it is a lot going on in that show, and it's great. Yeah. And but if like you have never watched it before, like it's not just like this little breezy like. No. cartoon that flies along yeah. there's a lot yeah. to that yeah yeah, yeah. It, it really it's it, a lot of the stuff that was missing from the prequel trilogy yeah it's yeah i mean that 100 100 yeah. and they and they still they give you a lot of action they give you a lot of myth building sure and a lot of politics and in some cases better versions of sure those characters sure yeah sure so I guess maybe um, since the Mandalorian's rolling on on a week by week basis, maybe we'll give you guys maybe a quick. Now they're saying minute. Friday is that the date that's going to be dropping every week I, I now? I think so. Um, but, I mean, obviously uh, today yeah, so, it was Tuesday because it just happened to be the day. The sh- yeah, but now is episode two dropping on it's this probably, Friday? They'll probably wait till next week. Probably right. Yeah. Um, so maybe on forthcoming episodes of our show, we'll give you guys maybe like a 10 or 15 minute recap or review of, of the, the episode of the Mandalorian. No. So actually the episode two does drop November 15th, which will be Friday, which will be tomorrow. If you're hearing this on the day, the episode releases. Amazing. Yeah. Two weeks of the, two, two weeks of the Mandalorian, like give it to me. <laughs> oh, and by the way, a quick fun fact, uh, take a YTT voiced IG 11. Yes, one the, and one of the best comedic. Uh, and Taika Waititi <laughs> directed the final and the eighth and final episode for the yeah. season too. Yeah, um, actually, Living was great. Yeah, but uh, that whole like I'm going to initiate the self destruct sequence. Right. <laughs> <It's> awesome. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Just oh, so, 
Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, Just I was going to so... say, they, they let you know, too, the, the Mandalorian has all of his tricks and gadgets. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Just to give you the timeline here. Um, so, episode two, which was directed by Rick Famuyiwa, a name awesome. you, you know, will be November 15th. Uh, episode three, directed by Deborah Chow, November 22nd. Episode four, directed by Bryce Dallas Howard, November 29th. Dave Filoni directed episode five and wrote... Actually, so those first four episodes were all written by John Favreau. Mm. Dave Filoni wrote and directed episode five, December 6th. Rick Famuyiwa back for episode six, which was the story by Christopher Yost, the teleplay by Christopher Yost and Rick Famuyiwa. Direct, uh, that's December 13th. Deborah Chow back again. Uh, John Favreau wrote the last two episodes, episode seven, directed by Deborah Chow on December 18th. They're skipping Christmas, obviously. Mm. And then uh, December 27th is the final episode, which was directed by, well, for this season, directed by Taika Waititi, written by John Favreau. So so they'll take us like the the week after Rise of Skywalker drops. Uh, yeah. So episode seven is two days before, and because they're skipping the Christmas, Christmas yeah, so episode eight is seven days, yeah, a week, exactly Sheet. a week after, basically. It's going to be great. Ugh, yeah. can't wait. Awesome. Oh, so that means they're bumping, because I'm looking at it here, like, oh, because they probably don't want to release it on the day that Rise of Skywalker opens, because there's only right. five days between December 13th and December 18th. That's right. Because December yep. 20th would have been the day that Rise of Skywalker opened. Yep. So they're they're not doing that. They're having it come out a couple days before, so the Rise of Skywalker can take over the world for that weekend. That makes sense. And then the final episode a week after. So yeah, yeah, there you cool. Go. So there you guys have it. A and just so I mean, I mean, okay. Well, you want to throw a, <laughs> a number grade? I mean, we've talked about it, though, just before, just looking at that list. Though. I mean, those are some heavy hitters, though, that they got working oh, on this show. Sure. I mean, it's amazing. For sure, yeah, and I can't I can't wait to see um, how they, you know, how they bring their flavor, if if any, uh, to the show. But uh, yeah, I mean, and, and you know, not for nothing, but um, it's very promising for this service in of itself because you got you got a lot of um, really cool collaborators and directors and creators kind of coming on, um, not only just for the Mandalorian but for the other. Um, you know, special Disney Plus shows for Marvel and things like that. So, um, it's really cool. And just, I just want to quickly summarize real quick as we're talking about streaming services. I still haven't watched any content from Apple TV Plus because it just doesn't grab me. And they only came out with like a couple of shows. There's really nothing special to it. It seems like it's holding its breath for something. Um, so if it doesn't do something quick, I'm just going to end up canceling this free subscription I have because it's really not, especially now that I've got Disney Plus. Right. So it, Apple Apple seems like it's it just launched early just to, you know, kind of get ahead of the game, but but not really. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, they're not all, not everyone's going to be a winner here. No. I mean, no. it just can't no. happen, right? It's not going to work out that way. So, yeah. Uh, all right, so let's in. We got some questions. Um, so our boy Tavo, uh, he asked, with such a strong start, uh, in his opinion, how many episodes of The Mandalorian should there be per season? Well, so, I mean, we already said this is eight episodes eight. for this season. And, and that, I'm good with that. Yeah, that is my new sweet spot because The Boys was eight episodes. The last um, season of Stranger Things was eight episodes. I feel like that has become my new go-to. Like, I eight episodes works for me. Now, see, for now I'm saying eight episodes, but because the episodes are shorter. Well, that's like Stranger, Stranger Things is an hour long. That's true, yeah. You I was I mean? not expecting... 40 minutes and we don't know yeah. the length of each episode exactly they may vary like they may not you know but that's a good point i mean but i'm just in a general rule um eight episodes seems to be my new sweet yeah. spot no, I'm, I'm i'm good with that if they're all going to be 40 episodes of uh, 40 minutes then maybe 10 might work but we'll have to see i mean i'll let you know after episode eight if i feel fulfilled yeah 
um, by it this was, season. I mean, it was it, for the first episode, it was tight. Yeah, it was exactly. Tight. They got a lot of stuff accomplished. I would rather you not give me a lot of filler. Right. Um, it's game. one of those things that I feel like British television has done better than, and we've, it's taken us a long time to catch on. Uh, like just more qu- quality over quantity. You know, like their shows have shorter seasons. They end when they end. They don't string things along for the most part, yeah. you know. But um, but yeah, I mean, it. we'll see. I, You know, yep. I think that uh, each story kind of warrants different episodes, different lengths, different things like that. Depends on the story that you're trying to tell. Um, you know, so we'll see. We have uh, JRB. He asked, do you think Chewbacca will die in episode nine? No. Yeah, I don't either. Um, yeah, I don't think I, so. And I hope he doesn't because I, I feel like I don't want Rise of Skywalker to be like, we're going to kill off the rest of your favorite characters. Right. I mean, I'm I'm fully preparing for C-3PO to bite the dust. I'm not ready for that, man. I'm yeah, I'm not right ready now. for it either. I think if Chewbacca died, it would like it'd be a little too much for me, and I'd probably yes. get pissed. Yeah, I can't. Because it feel like gratuitous, like especially sure. after Han dies, it's like, wow, yeah. damn him too. Give this guy a happy ending, like yeah. Let him go back to his family. Exactly. I that's what I want. <laughs> yeah. I don't want. I yeah. I can't handle all of that. I I don't. I, yeah, it this can't be like I don't I'm ready to say goodbye to these characters because I'm going to have to, but like I don't literally need to say goodbye to them like that. Like I want to see like that. an old age, you know, Wookiee with gray hair. That's what I want to see in, in Chewbacca. It. You know, those little grand Wookiees. You think <laughs> You think you think we're going to like have that moment like where we see into the future and like what people are doing? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you know, flash forward, give us an epilogue like Harry Potter. I don't know. I hope not. <laughs> no, just let let them let them be. Maybe they do like a Chewbacca series for Disney Plus. They could. It'd be you know. They... We could just kind of runs around the galaxy helping people out. He's like a you know a mythical creature. He's like Sasquatch or something like that. He just pops up, helps his neighbors. That's a that's an awful idea. I want to see that's like. Terrible. The the Incredible Hulk series TV series meets Harry and the Hendersons. Wow, that's <laughs> I don't want to see that at all. Yeah. No, mm. no. That's, Moving on. All right. On that note, uh, Ron Diesel uh, asks, "What should studios learn from looking at the box office as it relates to something like Doctor Sleep?" So we didn't really talk box office this week, but um, mm-hmm. obviously Doctor Sleep underperformed. It only did fourteen million, I believe. Um, of course, Terminator is dead in the water. But yeah. uh, you know, I'm going to say the same thing I've been saying, which is that you you don't want to take the wrong lessons from things, right? Mm-hmm. So I feel like Doctor Sleep was a byproduct of the fact that they saw it have incredible success and and even right. like that pet cemetery remake right. did right. better than expected right so they're like oh well stephen king must be hot again uh no not necessarily uh, so again like it's not just like you know you take the wrong lessons from these things the wrong lesson to take out of that was that oh it's just people want to see movies based on stephen king books yeah. no that wasn't the lesson there <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, I heard it's it's a uh, it's a decent film. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it is. Um, but fine. again, I mean, I just think it's it just didn't capture anybody. Just because didn't work. Yeah. No, yeah. it's not. First of all, I don't think that a lot of people because it's called Doctor Sleep. Like, I don't think people automatically associate it with The Shining. Sure. Uh, and I don't know that The Shining. Now, look, I know people who love that book. Uh, not The Shining, Doctor Sleep. Love the book. Um, and I know a couple of people who saw the movie and liked it, but like, it's not one of those things like how all these years people weren't like, Oh my God, we need a sequel to the shining. You know, it's just like, I don't know. I just, mm. the, you know, the lessons always come down to the fact that you need to, you just need to understand why certain things work and don't work. And, yeah. you know, don't, don't always take the lowest common denominator. Don't, don't always look to the simplest 
what you think the simplest reason is going to be. Mm-hmm. Like if an if a movie an R rated movie makes a lot of money, it's no, it's not just because people want to see R rated movies, or no, it's not just because people want to see Stephen King movies, or no, it's not just because people want to see super. You know what I mean? Like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just that those aren't the right ever the right lessons. Like you need to look deeper into that. Like what was it about this particular move? What was it about it that made it a ridiculous success? Mm-hmm. And nothing to do with mm-hmm. Stephen King. No, you know, no. I mean, the Stephen King movies have been flopping for years, and and there have been some successful ones too. But like that, that has nothing to do with it. Um, you know, it's just like when like a movie like uh, Deadpool. You know, makes a ton of people say, oh, well, see, people must want R-rated superhero movies. Well, not necessarily. No. Um, You know, I don't know. I I just think that uh, each movie is a success or a failure for its own reason. And that doesn't mean that it can automatically apply to other films. I mean, yes, there are broad lessons that you can learn, right? But that, that doesn't... You know, not everything is a broad lesson, though. Certain things are just isolated. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Uh, final question from Phil. He says, Oscar bait movies are about to kick off. What are you guys most excited to see? He's looking forward to The Irishman. I mean, I am, too. Yeah. Um, I don't, you know, no, nothing really is on my radar, to be honest with you. Yeah, no. I haven't, haven't even thought about it yet. Not for me, either. Um... um I'm sure there'll be something, but uh, at this point, I'll have to take a rain check on actually answering that question because I don't really have squat. Yeah, you know, when it comes to Oscar season, I you I rarely get excited for things like in advance. Right. It's usually like I wait to see what movies are generating the buzz. Sure. And then I'll find a way to watch them if I if it interests me anyway. Um, so that I have seen some of them before, although I, I wind up seeing less and less of those movies before the Oscars than I used to. Yeah, same. It's like after, or it's like someone's like, oh, dude, you totally got to see it. It's going to, it's an amazing performance. And I'm like, oh, 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 I'm missing out. Got to go catch it. Uh, but that hasn't happened in a while. So. All right. Yeah. So that's that. Cool. Everyone go back to watching Disney plus now. I know. Thanks for listening um, and taking time out of your busy watching schedule to uh, to do another episode with us. We'll do some plugs and then we'll uh, we'll let you go. Yeah. So of course uh, you can visit us at thefanboygarage.com. That's our website. That's where we have all of our episodes. It's where we have our merch store. We will have a new design coming very soon that I think you'll all enjoy. Um, and of course it's where you can send us an email if you don't want to do the social medias. Uh, if you do do the social medias, we want you to join the conversation, especially now with Disney Plus coming hot and heavy, and we want to hear your feedback on The Mandalorian uh, as well. You can do that on Twitter, at the Fanboy Garage. Uh, of course, we also have our Facebook page and our Instagram, all at the Fanboy Garage. And you can find me on Twitter, at RealCLMighty. And you can find me on Twitter as well at Starting Sith. I know there was one thing that we uh, wanted to talk about. I'll probably we'll push it to the next episode, uh, which is the showdown between John Favreau and Peter Jackson. Um, so you'll just sorry about that. You'll just have to sit tight and wait for the next one. But uh, we'll we'll get into that. Um, in the meantime, if you do like what you hear and you want to support the show, please do leave us a five star review on whatever streaming service you or podcast service you are listening to the show on um it is greatly appreciated and we'll catch you guys on the next one thanks for listening